0: Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Praise the Lord. All right. First John, chapter four. First John, chapter four. Uh, starting in verse one, let me get there myself. First John chapter four, starting in verse one. The Lord is good. Yes, yes, yes. Man, y'all know what I'm gonna say. The whole chapter's good. First John four, starting at verse one. When you got it, say "got it." Got it. Beloved, do not let every or do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets, everybody say false prophets, false. have gone into the world. But by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. So who's the them he's referring to? The spirits of the Antichrist that are at work in the world and in people. You have overcome them. Who? The spirits of the Antichrist that are already in the world. Because he, which is Jesus the Christ, who is in you, because you've been born again, if you've not been born again, he's not in you. If you've not believed in his death, resurrection and resurrection and, and believe that he is Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead and confess that in prayer as you surrender your life to him, that's called calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. If you've not done that, you're not saved. I know you're in church, so you may think you're saved. But if you've not done what I just said, you're not saved. And so then Christ would not be in you. But if you're born again, if you're born again, then you are saved and Christ is in you. So watch this. uh, Because he who is in you is greater. Everybody say greater. Than he who is in the world. So who's in the world? Spirit of the Antichrist. Who's in you? Oh, we're going to go somewhere. Verse five, they meaning the spirits, and those who, I would even extend the they to those who submit to those spirits, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world. And the world hears them. Meaning the world agrees with them. But we, notice the they and the we. We are of God. And he who knows God hears us he who is not of God does not hear us. And by this, we know the spirit of truth. So now we know the spirit of Christ is the spirit of truth. And they know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Deception. So the, the, the spirit of lies. The father, Satan is the father of lies. So this little verse sets up the contrast between Christ and the Antichrist. Now, Just so you understand, which one came first? Christ. The Antichrist was not first, and then God said, oh, I need to create a Christ to destroy the Antichrist. Christ was created first, and then through rebellion, the Antichrist was was set up through his own self-appointed rebellion. So the Christ was appointed by God. The Antichrist was appointed by himself. The problem is um, that there's a truth, but that becomes a problem. So the truth is that Christ, Jesus the Christ, is a person. He's an eternal person, no doubt about it. He is the anointed one. And so some people say, yes, Christ, Jesus the Christ, he's the anointed one. And so he's, he's a person, no question. He's the person. He is the Christ, not a Christ. He is the Christ. The anointed one, the Messiah, the Christos. But some religious minded people think he's the Christ, but they don't realize how the scriptures teach in the new covenant that the Christ comes to live inside of us. Uh, Colossians 127, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ now lives in you. So you are, you are in a, as, a, as a Christian, a Christian, Christ is in you. And so now you are not the Christ, but the Christ lives within you. And you are not the anointed one, but you are an anointed one. So some people leave it to just Christ is anointed, but don't have a, a revelation of he's anointed me. And so he's powerful, but I'm not. That's religion. Kingdom is I know who he is, and I also know who he is inside of me and who I am inside of him. He's the anointed one who has anointed me to be an anointed one, and I carry with me his anointing. I'm not anointed. He's anointed. But he's anointed me. Praise the Lord. So the Antichrist sets up the same way. Many of the church people think he's a person, and you look at him as an end-time person. Who's the Antichrist? And church people, is it Obama? Is it? Is it all? I've heard so many people say it was Obama, and, and so many people say it's, you know, people say it's Trump. People say all kinds of stuff. People say it, it's all kinds, whatever. So, and they look for a person who's the Antichrist instead of looking at the work of the spirits. So the Antichrist ultimately, ultimately is Satan, who then appoints somebody to function as as what we call the Antichrist in the the manifested end times. But what we need to see is that there's the spirit of the Antichrist already at work in the world. It's not anti-church. It's anti-Christ. So the churches who don't walk with Christ will actually get along with the world. <laughs> and so what happens is instead of looking instead of the church looking for the person of the antichrist I think it's I think it's this person instead of looking at that let's look at the work of the antichrist The spirits that are at work. And then let's come with a revelation of the error. Let's watch the error and the deception that the Antichrist brings of taking the truth of God and twisting it. Because the enemy and the Antichrist create nothing. All they do is twist what God created. So it has a measure of apparent truth that is actually uh, twisted to a lie. And we need to know the Word of God and the Spirit of God to walk in the Spirit of truth, which is the Spirit of Christ, and have this revelation all through 2024 and beyond. Greater is he. Greater is the Christ in me. Than the spirit of the Antichrist in this world. Nothing in this world I should fear. Will everything go my way? No. Will there be difficult times? Yes. Yes. Will there be persecution? Yes. Will there be suffering? Yes. Will there be battles? Yes. But the Lord will deliver you out of them all. Because greater is Christ in you than the Antichrist who's already at work in this world. So there's about, I think, five. Did I give you five? One, two, three, four, five. Five things I want to quickly show you that each one of these could be a series, not just a sermon, a series. But I'm going to be kind and just give you points. So in Christ, we have greater promises, is the first one. We have greater promises than this world promises. So now these promises, you have promises available to your life. Promises from Christ or promises from the Antichrist. You know that addiction and alcohol and drugs promised me so much back in the day? promised me everything, but didn't deliver on what it promised. So the spirit of the Antichrist will make you promises through a world system, through worldly logic. And then God has made you promises. Matter of fact, the promises of God, 2 Corinthians one twenty. most of you should know this, that all the promises of God find their Yes and amen in Christ. So, so Jesus has said yes to the promises of God. And now we come along and agree. We understand what God has promised through Scripture. And then we realize through the, the, the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus that we were singing about is the one that paid for these promises to be yes. All the promises of God are yes in Christ. And we come along and say amen, which means so be it. So be it here, so be it now, so be it me and my house and my community. That's what amen means, so be it. So the promises of God, you need to understand that greater is He who's in you than he who's in the world. Greater are the promises of God than the promises of the world. So when the world promises you something, I would love to do this, but I'm not going to do this. I would love to do this, but I'm not going to embarrass somebody to do this. Let's just imagine. There's certain people in this congregation that, or people in this city that I know and some in this congregation that I could bring up here and I could show you their bank account. Pull right up here on the screen, show you their bank account. Okay. And when I showed you their bank account, you, you, of course, you'd see. And some of the bank accounts would be like $10. And I would say... You know, the person would come with a promise. I'm going to give you a million dollars. And then you see their bank account and they have ten dollars. What are you going to think about that promise? But they could be passionate in their promise. Man, I'm going to give you a million dollars. Matter of fact, my sister Cheryl, you know what she did to to Sarah one time? She came and made these promises to, to Sarah. She came and tried to make this a relationship. She was totally deceiving Sarah. Sarah just didn't know it, because Shay Shay is a master deceiver when it comes to when she wants to go to Chick-fil-A. And so she pulled up to, to Sarah, just looking at her sweet. Hi, hi beautiful. Oh, I love your hair. I love your ear. And Sarah, my Sarah's like, oh, wow. OK. And, and my sister Shay Shay is about to make a promise. And she comes in, and she's, she, she's leading to the promise. And she comes in, and, and the promise appeared that she was going to be a giver she's a taker. <laughs> <laughs> she came. <laughs> she came. Oh, your hair is so beautiful. Oh, all this stuff. And then she's like, I want to take you out. And I don't know if I've shared part of the story before, but I want to take you out. It's my treat. My treat. My treat. <laughs> and Sarah's like, oh, so sweet. So nice. So everything." Well, where do you want to go? Uh, Chick-fil-A. And she's like, my treat. And then uh, Cheryl leaned in. I'm skipping some stuff, but leaned into it and said, hey, um, uh, Sarah, uh, do you have any money? (laughs) Right after my treat, do you have any money? Because a fake promise, a promise of the world, will promise to give you something while they're taking what you have. And Sarah fell for it. So you have to, in 2024, if you want to walk in the greater that He's already made you, see, you've been made greater, but are you walking in greater? See, some of you are not walking in greater, so you're asking God to make you greater, which is impossible because He's already made you. He's already given you His Son. How is He not giving you all things? The problem is you don't know how to submit and walk with and partner with through obedience and a heart of love to partner with the greatness that God has given you. And so you're wanting God to give you something and you're mad because you don't have what He's already... You don't have the thing that He's already... You think you don't have the thing He's already given you, but you don't, you don't have revelation on stewardship of what He's given. you, And you keep going to the world for what God has already given you. And in 2024, if you want to walk in greater, you've got to understand that there is no promise possibly given to me that is greater than what my Heavenly Father has given me through Christ. All of the promises. And the scripture right there, 2 Peter 1.4, it's an amazing chapter, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through what? The promises that you may become partakers of the divine nature of God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust you got to be a partaker. How do you partake? Obedience. With a heart motivated by love. So in 2024, if you want to walk in greater, partake of the promises. Partake of the promises of God. The second one is partaking in pleasure. It's pleasure. It's more, in Christ we have greater pleasure than this world. Hebrews 11.25. Let's look at this. Hebrews 11.25. Uh, this is talking about Moses, and most of y'all know this. Talking about Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with people with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he who looked for the for the reward, everybody say reward. Uh, he who looked for the reward and and um, He's looking for, so the thing about the reward, he's looking for this reward. So the passing pleasures of sin, is sin pleasurable? Yes, it's why why we do it. But is it satisfying? No. That's why you're, you're always going after your first high. You have this experience and you think it's awesome and then you spend the rest of your life trying to get back to that high and that hit and that thing. But there ain't no high like the most high. And you keep trying to have an old high of this world instead of chasing a new high in Christ, which gets higher and higher and higher according to wisdom and revelation. So walking with the Lord is more pleasurable than sin. That's a fact. You may not believe that because you've not tried to walk pleasing God. See, when you have a life that's pleasing to the Lord, and you're walking in that relationship with him, his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, everything's higher, you're pleasing to the Lord and it begins to change something in you and, and you begin to walk in the pleasure of righteousness, peace and joy and you begin to taste it, you begin to feel it. the spirit of God begins to move upon you. I'm telling you there's times where it's like, I don't need drugs. It's like I got the Holy Spirit and he's working in me. don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to the lack to the lack To the degree that you lack, being able to be filled with the Holy Spirit is the degree that you will want to be drunk with wine. you got to chase the pleasure of God. He who is in you is greater. The promises are greater and the pleasures are greater. Not just here, but the pleasures of God are eternal in the terms of rewards. So you may go through a season like like the Israelites, Moses, they went through a season of reproach for a lifetime of redemption. Your battle won't always be. You're going to the other side. And so your faith in the middle of the battle of you believing the promises of God, the greater promises of God, you believing and taking trust in the pleasure of God. What's the pleasure of God? I can tell you for me, when depression comes upon my life, I got two choices. I can either cave into it and just go into that stuff, um, or I can I can begin to turn to the Lord. When temptation comes into my life, offering me some pleasure, I can either get a momentary pleasure that is... that is that that produces guilt and shame, or I can turn to the Lord and, and, and love Him with all my heart, love Him with all my soul, love Him with all my mind, and just keep walking in the ever-increasing joy of the Lord. And shame and guilt have no place in me because I'm filled with the pleasure of God. So how do you do that? It's worship. It's worship. It's obedience. It's, it's serving. It's Christ in me is greater. Greater promises, greater pleasure. Man, I could do a whole other series on that. The third one is greater power. Acts 26, verse 18. I said this a few weeks ago. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So power. You're turning to the world for power. You're, you feel weak. You feel like a victim. You feel like you don't have what you need. You feel whatever's happening in you mentally, emotionally, or physically. You feel tired. So you turn to the world and you try to trust in the world and what the world has for you in the terms of power. When the one who has all the power, you can turn to him and say, and, and just step into that, Lord, thank you that you fill me with your Holy Spirit and, and I shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And there's an anointing that begins to work in you. The anointing of the Lord that Isaiah says that anointing will break the yoke of the oppressor. That's why when Jesus said, come to me and take my yoke upon you, there's an exchange of yoke. And a yoke is not just this thing that an animal would wear uh, as they would do you know, agriculture and farming and all that stuff. A yoke is a belief system of a rabbi. So there's a faulty belief system built on the spirit of the Antichrist that you have learned to live with and it's keeping you yoked in your prison and bondage. And when Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He's saying you take my belief system on you. You take my promises. You take my pleasure. And you take my power. And the yoke of the anointing of Christ, the yoke of Christ, which is the Spirit of truth, will set you free from the yoke of bondage and addiction and sin. But you got to take it. you got to take it can't just look at it. You can't even just want it. Some of y'all came in here this morning wanting a change. But you've got to take it. You've got to take it. I know I'm going a little bit long, but y'all can handle it. The next one is perspective. You've got to have a perspective. In Christ, we have greater perspective. Perspective. Matthew 7, uh, 4 uh, says, real, real simple, how can you... Say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye as you look at the plank or the, 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 the you know, tree that's that's in your own eye. See, what we have is the blind leading the blind. We have a church that doesn't know the promises of God, a church that doesn't walk to please the Lord or walk in the pleasure of the Lord, a church that doesn't fully understand the power of Christ, and that's our perspective. So now we're giving a blind perspective to a bunch of blind people, saying, Let's have church. The world, Christ did not die for us to give church to the world. I thank God for church. I'm going to be, well, no, technically I won't be here next Sunday. (laughs) I'm going to be here on Sundays because I believe that Christ is the king of the church. But some of y'all, here's the deal. Church ain't working for you. Because you're working the wrong thing. And the problem is not that you're in church. The problem is your perspective. Your perspective. See, some of you, some of you look, you interpret God through the lens of your circumstances. Instead of interpreting your circumstances through the lens of God. Faulty interpretation. Faulty interpretation leads to a faulty communication or translation. And if you want to walk in greater... You got to come to a higher perspective. You got to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation that he'll show you as you examine your life, what needs to change in me? What are the things that are in my own eye? Before I because your your passion or your energy to change should not be should not first be given to other people. Use your passion and energy to change on yourself. And then you'll have a new level of passion and energy to God for Christ to use you to change others. But some of you, you get a passion, and energy, a moving of the spirit for something to change and you immediately overlaid on somebody else's life. Because you feel like your activity of doing something productive has actually produced something. And it's a blind leading the blind. So what needs to happen is, Lord, change me. Change me. Your perspective needs to change. And the last one, just so you have hope of getting out of here soon. Is purpose. That in Christ we have greater purpose than this world. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Y'all know this is such a powerful section of scripture. See then that you, everybody say me, because that's what the you is referring to. See that you walk circumspectfully, carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. I just noticed something. Listen to me. I love you. I'm not mad at you. Look, I'm smiling. I'm trying to help you grow. When I get to my last point, don't shut your Bible. Where you got to be. Do you want to be greater or you just want to keep having church? We're going to be mindful of time. We're not going to be radical. And listen, here's the deal. I mean this in love. I say it in love. There are churches you can go to that have an hour service. And there's good things in those churches. I'm not saying, there's, they, you. praise the Lord. I, I would love to be able to come in here in an hour and feel like we, we did exactly what the Lord wanted us to do and leave. So I'm not saying churches who only do an hour aren't following the Lord. I'm talking about you. If your endurance level is like, it was just weird. Just, as I said last point and stuff, and it was like, it was like a way. You know how I hear your Bible pages turning, and I say, I love hearing that? It was like the opposite. And closing. So I'm not mad. I'm just saying, let your hunger grow a little bit more. I'm not saying we got to be here all day. I ain't trying to be here all day. Is this more righteous to be in church all day? No, I ain't talking about that. But I'm talking about I know we ain't done yet. So this, this last point about purpose, see, then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work. The days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, the purpose of God. Understand what His purpose is. You have a purpose, but it might not be His purpose. Christ is not here to serve your purpose. We're here to serve His. And it says, do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, which means it's an absolute waste, waste of time, waste of life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's a greater purpose. Some of you are looking for purpose in work and in life and in and some of the, you know, for all kinds of things, for social justice things, for, for changing the world, for making an impact and making a difference. People are looking for a purpose. I'm telling you, there is no greater purpose that has ever or will ever hit this planet than the Great Commission. There is nothing greater than the, the commission of the Christ and his great commission for us to save the world because God's plan, God's plan is not to save the world. God's plan is to rescue, to save people out of the world. The world will be destroyed. So look at the look at. Mm. No, y'all don't want that. Y'all don't want that. But when you don't know the Christ, you lean to the spirit of the Antichrist, and your purpose comes to save the planet instead of saving people. We're not called to save the planet. We shouldn't destroy it. That's unwise. We should be responsible. We should we all that stuff. So I'm all for being responsible and and all that. But the greatest enemy we face is not global warming, it's sin. It's hell. You could save the planet and lose the soul. The spirit of the Antichrist would work to have you mount up and save the planet. To distract you from the souls. God's plan is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's his plan for saving the planet. He's going to create a new one. His focus right now, the Spirit of Christ, is his purpose is saving people for the new planet. Greater is the Spirit of Christ. Worship team, come up. Greater is the Spirit of Christ than the Spirit of the Antichrist. That's a, that, greater is the Spirit of Christ in me. In me. In me. Not greater is me. It's not greater as me. It's greater as he. Greater as he. So here's what I'd like us to do as we go into a little time of worship. And here's, here's what we need. Look, if you've got to go to work, if you've got to go take off and go to work, it, as we start worshiping, you can quietly just kind of walk out, no, no harm, no foul. If you're here and you want your kids to be a part of a little bit of worship, you can go back and get your kids and bring them in here. But I want to spend just a few more minutes just worshiping the Lord. I want the prayer team to come on up front. We have a team of people ready and willing. They've been praying for you all week and they want to pray with you. So no matter who you are, if you're here today and you would say, you know what? I've been running from God and I'm here and God's at work on my life and I need to yield my life to Christ. I need to surrender my life to Christ. I've come to church, but I need to come to Christ. I need to stop running from God and I need to surrender my life and begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can do that right here today. You come to one of these people and you just say, I want to give my life to Christ. Some of you who been wandering far from God, you've been walking in in things you don't need to be walking into or you've just been kind of, you know, you've just been kind of like just lazy spiritually and you know that I need to I need to jump back up again. I need to I need to walk with God. Then you can come and just say, pray for me as I kind of have a rededication and a restart. And then anything, if there's sickness attacking your body, you can come receive prayer. If there's if there's darkness attacking your mind or soul, you can come receive prayer. If you're like, I want the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God operating in my life, you can come and they will lead you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're just overwhelmed and you don't know what to do, you can come and receive prayer. So I'm going to pray. We're going to go into a time of worship and just respond in whatever way that you need to. If there's somebody that's highlighted to you, go over and you just go pray for them. You just go pray for them. If somebody comes up to you acting like they're going to pray for you and they ask for your phone number, take their hand and bring them to the altar. Would you stand with me as I pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you that you are greater. You're greater than this world. You're greater than sin. You're greater than unrighteousness. You're greater than darkness. You're greater than the lie. You're greater, God. You're greater. And we trust you, God. And we know that you've called us to do greater things. You've called us to, to walk in truth and walk in the light, God. We just thank you. We thank you, Lord. And we pray over these precious people, Lord, and their families, God. That your greatness would begin to mount up and overwhelm, stir up, fan into flame, and overwhelm them, God. That the spirit of the Antichrist, the attacks and the strategies of the spirit that's working in this world would be broken in our lives. And that your kingdom would be built in our life. So Lord, we trust you. We thank you. And we honor you. May your blessing rest upon your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Face Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.